Hello, my name is Joey, and this is Crime with Joe, a KJAC radio podcast. And today's case is going to be the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. Natalie Holloway was an 18-year-old girl getting ready to end her senior year in 2005. She was just a really smart girl. She wanted to be a doctor. That's how smart she was. She was loved by her friends and family. Natalie also was into sports. She seemed like a really cool chick to hang out with. To celebrate her graduation in late May, Natalie and her classmates at Alabama's Mountain Brook High School went uh, went on a trip to Aruba that was full of beaches and nightclub fun. Her parents paid for it all, and it was also all-inclusive, so they got to drink a lot, so you know they did, especially since they have something to celebrate, like their graduation. A group of 124 students and seven chaperones total went on this trip. They stayed at a hotel called the Holiday Inn Resort near the northern end of the island. Then on May 29, 2005, according to Biography.com, Holloway met 17-year-old Dutch national Joram van der Sloot, which is an interesting name, who lived nearby in a town called Nord. They met on Natalie's and her classmates' last day of vacation. They then accompanied each other to the bar close by in downtown Orgenjestad. I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. It was super popular at the time, and it's called Carlos and Charlie's. Then, according to Biography.com, someone after, sometime after the bar closes at 1 a.m., Holloway is seen leaving in a car with Vandersloot and his two friends, Deepak and Satish Kalpo. This is definitely a red flag from the start. Anyways, on May 30th, 2005, Holloway didn't show up for her class departure that morning. This makes her friends panic a little, so they went up to their hotel room to look for her, but she was nowhere to be found. Not even her passport and bags were touched like she was getting ready to leave. Then a chaperone informs Natalie's parents, so they fly on a rented jet to get the to, to get to the location the fastest. When they get there, they question everyone in the hotel. Then eventually go th- then they eventually go to Vandersloot's house in Nord to question him. According to biography.com, Vandersloot admits he left the bar with Holloway and the Capo brothers and drove to a lighthouse before dropping her off at the Holiday Inn. He leads the group to the hotel, promising to point out the security guard who allegedly helped her inside but is unable to find the guard. This this seems a little weird. This would give me red flags right away if I were Natalie's parents. The next day on June 1st, 2005, a search party was organized to search for Natalie. She's not officially declared missing yet, but 100 tourists and various locals decide to help out in the search anyways. Then, according to Biography.com, in the coming weeks, the search expands to include a volunteer team from Texas, Aruban police, Dutch mariners, and three F-16 fighter planes from the Netherlands, though none are able to locate any signs of Holloway. Man, I seriously feel for her parents. They must be worried sick about her right around this time. Now, four days later, the police make their first arrests. They first arrest a few security guards, but they were let go eight days later. Then they eventually arrest and release Van der Sloot's dad and a DJ that was there. Now, on June 9th, 2005, the police are actually able to arrest Van der Sloot and the Kalpo brothers. 
the brothers and Vandersloot both changed their story, and now the brothers are saying that they left Vandersloot and Natalie at the beach near the hotel, and Vandersloot states that he left her to walk, by her, to walk back by herself. Now, a little less than a month later, on July 4th, 2005, a judge orders the release of the Kalpol brothers and gives Vandersloot only another 60 days. The, uh, people don't know why this happened, but it did. Then on July 17th, 2005, some hair strands were found on a piece of duct tape on Aruba's northern east coast. The finding, the finding gave a bit of hope to Holloway's family. It was sent to the FBI crime lab to get tested, but unfortunately, it was a negative match to Holloway, which is really sad. Now, on July 26, investigators get a tip that they saw Vandersloot and the Kalpo brothers digging nearby Marriott Hotel, so they drain a pond nearby, but this idea was abandoned a few days later on July 30th. Then, unexpectedly, on September 3rd in the same year, Vandersloot and the Kalpo brothers were released. This is one week after the Kalpo brothers got rearrested. This was, according to bio.com, on the condition that they remain available to the police. The Natalie Holloway case is not closed yet, though. The police made that clear to the Associated Press. Now we are going to go on a little bit of commercial break. KJAC Radio is hosting another Battle of the Bands on no November 4th at the Orpheum Theater. If you'd like to audition for it, send in a short video at to kjacknau at gmail.com. This will be a lot of fun, so we hope to see people there. Now, back to the case. Next, early on in the year 2006, specifically on fe February 16th, Vandersloot and his father are served civil lawsuits in NYC. This is accusing, according to bio.com, Jorn of malicious, wanton, and willful disregard of the rights, safety, and well-being of Holloway, and claims Paulus enabled his son's predator, predatory be behavior. But the suit is later dismissed because no one has interest in seeing their case, their case through. I think that is really weird for a lawyer to say. Why would a good lawyer say that about a case, you know? It's just confusing. Now, in March of that same year, Vandersloot, in a lengthy interview with Greta Van Susteren that airs on the TV over a course of three consecutive days, recounts the night he last saw Natalie, addressing some unusual events that he had not stated before. Things like why his shoes went missing that night, according to biography.com. Furthermore, on December 14, 2006, Holloway's parents took legal action. This is against the Kalpo brothers. Dave Holloway files a death suit against the brothers, but once again is dismissed by the judge in June of 2007. Moreover, Vandersloot and the Kalpo brothers once again are arrested. Vandersloot was arrested in the Netherlands this time where he goes to school. The brothers, however, were arrested in Aruba again. This is because the police had new incriminating evidence, but they unfortunately once again released the three guys on December 7th because the evidence they had failed to move the case forward. It doesn't really say what that evidence was, though. Now, by the beginning of the next year, in 2008, 
Vander Sloot says he knows that Holloway's body was dumped at sea. He gave this information to, P to Peter R. DeVries, who set up a hidden camera to catch him giving up evidence, and they did when Vander Sloot said this to an associate. He said specifically, according to biography.com, Holloway had collapsed when they were on the beach together and unable to revive her, had a friend help, so they had a friend to help dispose of her body from a boat. But he figures out that he was, that he was re being recorded, so he says that he was lying at the time that he made, that time when he was made aware of the alleged recorded confession. A couple of years later, in March of 2010, Vandersloot saw a financial agreement with law enforcement. He offers to reveal the location of Holloway's body in exchange for $25,000 upfront and another $225,000 to come. The lawyer of, Hollow of Holloway's family agrees, which makes Vandersloot relay the info to the FBI. A few months later, Kelly takes $10,000 of the money he owes Vandersloot to a meeting with him in Aruba. Vandersloot leads Kelly to the back and claims his father buried at Holloway in the foundation of the house. That day, according to biography.com, another $15,000 is wired to his bank account in the Netherlands. Although he says that Holloway's body was buried there, later Vandersloot claims that, he claims that he was lying the whole time and then runs away to Peru to take part in a weird poker tournament, which I find completely odd. Later on May 30th, 2010, because no one was able to see the signs when he was locked up, Vandersloot kills a 21-year-old woman named Steph Stephanie Flores Ramirez in his own hotel room in Peru. According to bio.com, her body is not immediately discovered, however, as her killer had left instructions that forbade hotel staff from entering his room. A month later, they were finally able to arrest Vandersloot again in Chile. The reason why it took so long was because Vandersloot was sporting a new short red hairdo, but he was found in a taxi because someone recognized him anyways. In June, Vandersloot was charged in the U.S. with wire fraud and extortion. This is because of him trying to get the $250,000 from the law enforcement. Almost two years later, in, ja in January of 2012, Vandersloot pleads guilty to the murder of Stephanie Flores. He actually stated in court that he feels really bad about his actions and that he has extreme psychological trauma from it all. I honestly don't believe that, but that's my opinion. A day later, on a day later, law enforcement officially declared Holloway dead because at this point, police don't have enough evidence to say that she's still alive at all. Although they don't have much evidence that she's dead either, so that could be some that could be some hope for the family. This then leads to Vandersloot being sentenced to to 28 years in prison. He also has to pay. $75,000 to the victim's family. Holloway's family hopes that Vandersloot will be convicted for the extortion charges, but they can't do that for another quarter century, so the parents are just going to have to wait and see. That is all I have for this case, but her family is still left with questions. What happened to Natalie? We may never know. But there is a documentary on Oxygen about this case called The Disappearance of Natalie Holloway, if, if anyone wants to check that out too. Her mother and father have been, going, have been doing countless interviews about it, so check those out too if you'd like. 
My name is Jolie, and this has been Crime with Joe. I hope everyone has a great day or night whenever you're listening to this.